Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Hebrews. Last time we read chapter 4. At the end of chapter 4, the writer uh, starts talking about Jesus being our high priest, explaining that because he has experienced human life, he was tempted in all ways as us, and he knows everything that we experience. And he did all, he went through life like we do, but he uh, did so without sinning. And he went really, if you think about it, he really went the hard road because he went and gave himself, you know, and sacrificed himself for us. So, for him, he took a harder path, but he was tempted in every way as we are. He lived the human life. And you have to remember, he had the power of God, so he he was tempted more than we are, really. More so, because he could have done so much. But, um, so that was the end of chapter 4, talking about he's our high priest, and therefore we can approach the throne of God in prayer, and, you know, find mercy and blessings, and uh, grace to help us in time of need. So now we're ready to read chapter 5. Now this is one of those cases where he's going to continue on about the high priest's, Maybe this chapter break was not the best choice, but it's what we have. So we're going to deal with it. <laughs> we're just going to move on. So this is Hebrews chapter 5. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in things relating to God, so that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal with gently with the spiritually ignorant and misguided since he is also subject to human weakness and because of this human weakness he is required to offer sacrifices for sins for himself as well as for the people and besides one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being high priest but he who is called by God just as Aaron was all right so so the high priest, now this is where we're thinking of this like in light of Jesus, okay? But, but the high priest is chosen to act on behalf of men in things relating to God so that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Well, Jesus has, has definitely um, given us the sacrifice for sin. And uh, his blood is continually cleansing us, you know, as long as we are faithful to, to repent and to continue in the faith, then his blood is continually cleansing us of our sins. And it's a continual thing, just like um, when Paul says that uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, one thing I had read was there's a tense there that it's not like a once and done thing or that it's all past tense, really. It's supposed to be we're all sinning and falling short of the glory of God. It's like a continual thing. And the same with the cleansing of the blood. It's not really supposed to be a past tense thing. It's a continual, continuing thing. So that we're, yes, we are, as we go through life, and, and uh, John says as much back in one of his epistles, um, we're always sinning, we're always um, well, sometimes we get stubborn and we sin. Sometimes we uh, sin because we're angry. Sometimes we uh, sin through a lack of knowledge or 
I'll say uh, ignorance. We don't mean to necessarily, but we do. So those, those things are always happening. We always have these issues, these problems, sometimes by mistake. Um, but nonetheless, we all do have these issues and these things that, that happen and that we, we do. Sorry, I'm adjusting the mic a little. So that being the case, Jesus' blood it can't just be a one and done thing. It's a, it's his his blood is always there to wash us of our sins, to cleanse us of our sins, to be that that sacrifice that we need. You know, yes, he did it once, but in a spiritual sense, in a spiritual sense, we are we are continually having that sacrifice um, over and over to cleanse us, to keep us. Um, to keep us righteous with God in right standing and in good standing with God. So, all right, I probably went on too long, but nonetheless, so Jesus is there for us to represent us with, you know, to God. And some people will equate that with like being a lawyer, but in this case, he's going to go with the 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 type of representation representation that, that the writer is familiar with, which makes sense, and it, it does go in line with their practices as best as I know. Now, I am not a historic scholar, and especially I don't know about all their rituals and everything. My understanding is their high priest or their priests were the ones that went forth and made the sacrifices and all that. <clears throat> we'll read more about that in, in the Old Testament, and you'll see more about how that's laid out. Lord willing, we will get there. Anyway, so we're going to move on. So, let's see. Okay, so also, he is able to deal gently with spiritually ignorant and misguided. Since he is also subject to human weakness, and because of this human weakness, he is required to offer sacrifices for sins for himself as well as for the people. Now here, he's really talking about the human, the human um, priests, but you'll notice that Jesus did everything correctly, even went so far as to be baptized by John. I mean, he went through everything, as you know, so that he would be perfect and right, and he made sure he did everything correctly. So. Setting that example for us, we, I mean, we could easily say, well, he had no sins to be baptized of, but he set this example, and he did that also so he could be our high priest, in my opinion, because just like these guys, they had to have their own sacrifice and be pure, you know, before they could offer the sacrifices and do things for the people, they had to do things for themselves. So he also had to take certain steps along that path. We're not told all the things he did in the temple and sacrifices or anything like that. But part of me thinks that he must have done whatever was required of, you know, a young man, a young uh, Jewish man, a young Israeli who believed in God. So whatever sacrifices, whatever would have made the correct sense, that's what he would have done. 
Okay, and besides, one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being the high priest, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So you don't get to just be the high priest because you want to be, or because you say you are. You know, you have to be called by God like Aaron was. Aaron was Moses' brother, but he was assigned that by God himself. Okay. So, too, Christ did not glorify himself so as to be made a high priest, but he was exalted and appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten, fathered, you declared your authority and rule over the nations. Just as he also says in another place, You are a priest appointed forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now Melchizedek is a high priest that is mentioned, um, I believe, in Genesis and was a priest that I think Abraham knew and I'm not going to go any further because I can't remember a lot right now and I'm not that excellent on my history, okay? And I've read that, but you know, to call that to mind right now, I'm not that good. So, I don't want to steer us off course or anything. So, we're just going to continue, but he is an old high priest around the time or in the time of Abraham, if I remember correctly. In the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God, his sinlessness, and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. Although he was a son who had never been disobedient to the Father, he learned active special obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as Savior, and retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation, an eternal inheritance, to all those who obey him, being designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, so the writer here is stressing that, kind of like I said, that he... I didn't know he was going to go into this. I, I guess I had not read enough or I did not understand enough when I was reading originally. But um, he's saying basically that uh, he offered up both, you know, petitions and supplications with fervent crying and tears. You know, he, uh, he was heard because he was reverent. He was always submissive to God. He was sinless. And, you know, he was always in the Father's will. He was always doing his Father's will. You know, he was he was perfect and lived a perfect and sinless life and so he became the source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him, who all those who follow him. And he was des designated by God as our high priest. Alright, so, according to the order of Melchizedek, now I'm not that familiar, again, with Melchizedek, like I said, we will read about that, the Lord willing, we'll get to Genesis and we'll read about that, <clears throat> but he was a special high priest, so let's go 
on with verse 11. Concerning this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing, and disinclined to listen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's Word from the beginning, and you have come to be <clears throat> pardon me, continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a spiritual infant. But solid food is for the spiritually mature, those whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. <clears throat> so here the writer is kind of you know, kind of giving them a hard time. Now, remember he's writing to the Hebrews. These are the people in Israel that are Jewish Christians. And they should be farther along than the Gentiles. And they should understand more and better. And he says, you know, at this time, you should be, pre you should be teachers because you've had all this time and you actually know more anyway. You know, but you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles. And that's what he's going through. He's going through and teaching to them in these chapters, you know, about Jesus again and explaining how Jesus is our high priest, how he was our sacrifice that enables us to go to God. And, you know, he's explaining these things, teaching these things. And that's the basics. That's the basic principles. So this writer. And, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so this writer is kind of, you know, kind of fussing at them a little bit. They should be further along. You know, they should uh, be ready for mature, uh, the mature word, the, the meat of the word. They should be ready to, you know, really get into some important stuff. But instead, they still need the milk of the word. They still need to hear, you know, how hear, you know, how Jesus, you know, hear about Jesus, have that established to them and understand that, uh, that he was, you know, he sacrificed himself for us. I mean, all of this are the basics, you know, and then baptism, you need to be baptized. All those are the basics. Yes, there's deeper levels of a lot of that, but just teaching these things that he's taught here in these first few chapters, those are the basics, really. He's explaining, and now he's come to this point where he's explaining how Jesus is our high priest in heaven with God. And, uh, you know, again, he feels like they've become dull and sluggish in their spiritual hearing, and, and they're disinclined to listen. Maybe they're drifting away, or maybe they're just going back to their old habits. I, I'm not really sure, but they're just not paying heed. They're not paying enough attention. They're not looking uh, to God's Word and trying to go deeper into God's Word. So, And that is the end of chapter 5. So at this point, um, he has explained how Jesus is our, our perfect high priest and how he is, you know, he is the high priest appointed to God by God for us and that he you know he his sacrifice of you know for sins for us that 
that's a continual thing that is still you know happening for us all the time every day um, because every day we you know we need it we need that forgiveness we need to repent and we need to be cleansed all the time and <clears throat> two he's always with us always representing us when we're praying for blessings on others blessings on ourselves when we need help when we know others need help and we pray and ask God he's there for us also also along with us Jesus is there and he is representing us and he is also giving those prayers and backing up those prayers so it's important to remember and think of that because that should help bolster our faith to know that Jesus the Son of God our our spiritual older brother is there with us representing us helping us helping our prayers and you know and then we have the Holy Spirit in us to guide us and help us so I mean all together God has done so much he's done so much to make it easy on us and to make us uh, to help us have faith and to understand you know that we can we can come to him and pray and and that we can manage these things and you know earlier he was talking about in the earlier chapter entering into God's rest so that we can enter into God's rest and know that God's power is there and that it, it will be taken care of it being whatever problem or issue we might have so alright anyway and then like I said here at the end he's kind of fussing at them for not you know spiritually they're not really you know we need to exercise spiritually just like you would physically a body we need to exercise spiritually every day you know studying the word praying um, thinking over you know kind of chewing over thinking over uh, things in the Word of God that we would like to either understand better or you know something like that you know just things like that just little kind of exercises to keep everything fresh and you know we need to uh, yeah we probably yeah we need to uh, sing praises to God every day we need to be thinking about him when we're uh, doing other things and maybe we can just you know have some uh, whatever style of uh, Christian music that you would like that would be praises to God and you know some people would say one thing or the other I'm not going to get into all that but I'm just saying whatever would work for you as long as you were praising God we should be praising and thanking God every day in prayer and in song so however that works for you um, because I don't I don't believe there's really a big deal there I think as long as we're praising and thanking God every day I think that's important all right anyway that is the end of Hebrews chapter 5 and I'm just gonna continue on so I'm gonna stop there rather than drive everybody crazy with more of the same <laughs> all right so I want to thank you for listening hope you have a wonderful day may God bless you and keep you and remember, God loves you.